got a great word for you guys today. We are in for a very special treat today. We got our brother right here, Brother Sergio. He's going to be sharing his, uh, the word with us. Uh, we at New Life, we value team leadership. We believe that a church is not just one person. It is a whole body of folks and different giftings that each person has something to contribute to the body of Christ. So, uh, brother in, in D school in 2018, he just sensed God was calling him uh, to the to be a pastor, uh, and that's not something he was necessarily looking for, but uh, we just sense, oh, man, God is really leading and lining things up in this way, so we want to support him in that, so he is exploring that call as a pastor, so he's going to be a pastoral intern for us, uh, so we, we just want to support him, love upon him, get to know him, you know, he'll share a little bit about him. He grew up in the community, he was born, raised here, and he he was just telling me that just like half a block down on Workman, that apartment complex, it used to just be like an open area, and he remembers playing there, right, as a kid. So he grew up in the community, uh, but something I really love about, there's a lot of things I love about Sergio, but like um, in his story and in his life right now, this brother loves the word of God. Like if you get time to come to his small group, he, he will just, he just gets so uh, passionate about the word, and, and it's kind of contagious, so... Looking forward uh, to, to hearing uh, what God wants to speak through him. So I just want to uh, pray a prayer of blessing uh, before he blesses us with the word. <sighs> Jesus, thank you so much. You're so good. You're so faithful. Thank you for your deep love, Father God, for Sergio. Lord God, thank you for just the stories, the, the hard things, but Father God, uh, just the ways that you have met him so powerfully. So Lord God, we pray you would anoint him, Father God, as he gives your word. Lord God, help our hearts to be open to receive from you. Hear what you have to say, Lord God, uh, through our brother, Lord God, and hear your word most of all. Thank you, Lord God. Open up our hearts to you. Help us, Lord God, and encourage and anoint our brother Sergio. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grab, grabbing the notes right there. All right, brother. Morning. Buenos dias, buenos dias. That's for, for, for the Spanish group, man, so. Man, I'm nervous. I'm nervous because uh, I, don't, I don't take it lightly, you know, coming up here. It's, uh, it's a big responsibility to, to have to, you know, give God's word. And, and, and I, I never, my biggest fear is always just being a false teacher, you know, and just giving you guys some, some bogus info that is not even biblical, biblical and it's just more uh, my thoughts. You know, and I, and I don't want to do that. I just want to give you the, the heart of God and, and, and uh, what's on his mind for you, for his people, right? And so just uh, prepping for this sermon, it was, uh, it, kind of, it came as a surprise. I, it was probably as much surprised as I am because um, it was uh, about a week and a half ago that Chris, uh, he's like, hey, I, I got to take off. Uh, do me a favor, you could fill in. And when you're put on the spot, you're like, yeah, you know, but I wasn't ready. You know what I mean? I, I wasn't ready. And uh and so a lot of things happened from then, right? And so I was supposed to be uh, in Psalm 145, and, and he's like, yeah, so you know, it takes a direct quote from um, Exodus 34. And then um, a couple days later, he texts me, he's like, hey, how about you just preach on Exodus 34? And I was like, you know, that's crazy, I said, because actually I've had Exodus 34 highlighted in my Bible for like a few years now, and, 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 
and it's been it's been in me that I feel like God's put that in me to where I was like, man, you know, if I ever become a pastor, I want to preach on that because I, I feel that that that's something that that we need to hear about. And so um, he's like, man, you know, I feel I'm gonna take that as confirmation. And so um, you know, he asked me to come, and so we're. He's like, hey, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you some practice though, you know. And he's like, come to the basement, and, and we're gonna we're gonna talk it out, and I'm gonna let you, you know, preach. And I was like, oh, who am I gonna preach? He's like, I'm gonna be there. He's like, but face the wall. And I was like, oh. yeah. So it was awkward, man. I was like, man, I haven't had to talk to a wall since I was in prison, you know. I can't, you know, my, my days of talking to walls are over. And it was funny though because I, like I'm reading through the sermon, right? And then when I got to the end of it, I'm like, I'm done. And he's like, all right, that was 11 minutes, you know. And, and I was like. Man, you know, so the, the thing about it was is that I'm not, I'm not used to writing, writing sermons. I don't even know how, you know. And so I look up to, to like Dave and Chris and, and uh, you know, Fedna, Pastor Mark, and, and all these guys. They're, they're, they're educated, you know. They got degrees. They're, they're, they're good at, with, with their English and everything. But, man, I'm, I'm an ex-con, graduated from high school. That's it. And I got nothing else but that, you know, and, um, and just some, some experiences in life. And so... Um, what happened was on Thursday, right? It takes Thursday. So I, I got I to testify about this stuff because this is just things that, that have encouraged me up until this time. I've never been to a Christian concert. I've been to, like, Sea Cypress Hill and, 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 you know what I mean? The Rolling Stones at Dodger Stadium and, and stuff like that. So I know what that's about, but I'm like, man, you know, I'm going to tell Liz. I'm, like, I'm going to take her to a Christian concert. And, you know, my daughter, she, she, she jumped out on us, right? And so I'm like, hey, we got an extra ticket. So we're like, hey, well, we'll invite Maggie, you know. This makes sense. She's a worship leader. Maggie couldn't make it, right? So we take Teresa with us. And so we're there, and, 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 and uh, it's uh, Elevation Worship. And, and we went to check it out, right? And so um, the pastor, he, he actually comes out. And he's like, yeah, you know, I know you were prepared for a concert, but I'm going to preach. And so he starts preaching, right? And the thing is that his message was called Surprise. And I was like, all right, you know. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm surprised to even be up here. And I was like, man, that's, I'm surprised to even be asked to be here today. And so I was thinking, like, man, this dude is, like, talking to me. He's like, you know, he's like, and you know, he's like, you know why. He's like, because you know you. And that's exactly what, what I feel right now sometimes because I'm up here with my hat. This is like my security blanket. You know what I'm saying? And, like, even when Liz gets pissed, she starts yelling, I'll put it on. I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like you can't see me no more. But it's, it's, uh, it's one of those things, like. And, and so he's, like, talking, and he's, like, man, you know, all your insecurities, he's, like, just all that. He's, like, I, I get it, you know, but you're not the only one. And so um, he's, like, but here's the thing. He's, like, God, he wouldn't put you up there if he didn't put it in you. And um, You know, I, I get, I'm not an emotional guy, but I, that, that makes me emotional because that, that meant something to me. I was like, man, he wouldn't put me up here if he didn't put it in me. And, and so Lucy doesn't know I'm insecure, but, man, I'm insecure. I shower three times a day because I don't want to smell, you know. Liz, 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 like, why are you wasting so much water, bro? Like, you got to ease up on the cologne. You got to ease up on all that. I'm like, Shh. you know, but it's because, like, I have insecurities just like everybody else. And Lucy's like, you know, I want to pray. She's like, quiero orar por tus inseguridades, you know. Tú estás aquí por una razón. And I'm like. You know, she's telling me, like, yeah, you're here for a reason. And I was just like, oh, man, how does she know? And so all these things are just, you know what I mean? They're just confirmation for me. And, 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 and I just feel good that, that, um, that I get a chance to just share, share God's, God's heart for you guys. And, um, you know, it's just doubts and struggles. And I'm not the only one. I know it's you too. So even if you only get, like, five minutes that make sense to you and all the other 
the rest of the minutes that I've just been up here just running my mouth, you know, it doesn't make any sense. I just hope that you leave with something. You're here for a reason, right? And so um, God is the same, you know, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And I'm just going to glance at my notes once in a while to keep me on track because there's pastors that could take a Bible verse and talk for an hour on any point, you know, and I'm the guy that could talk for an hour without a point. So I got to stick. <laughs> I, for real, I, I got to stick to it, right? And so... Um, you know, in the Old and New Testament, right, there's, there's, sometimes we feel like there's like this big, big gap and like a difference. We start seeing God in the Old Testament as, as, a, as a vengeful God, right? A God that just comes and he just wants to pound on you whenever you mess up, whenever you have, like, you, you know, when you just did anything wrong, right? That he's just going to come and, 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 and just take you out. Because that's what it seems like at times. And we just overlook a lot of part of that scripture, right? And so then we see, we get to the New Testament and we're like, oh, I, I like this God better. He's the God of mercy. God of love, right? He's a God that, that forgives. And so we tend to always just put the Old Testament away and we just want to read the New Testament, right? But if you ever watched um, the Lord of the Rings movies, you try watching part three without one and two. Then they leave you a little, a little disoriented and be like, man, how did this guy get here and how did this happen, right? And so, you know, I, I just want to say that you guys got to jump back into the Old Testament and just read it all the way through. Read the beginning. Read all the setup, man. Read the setup for Jesus. Read, read. Don't try to read Jesus into it, but read it and Jesus is going to be revealed in it, right? And so you're going to see all God's goodness in it. And then when it gets to it and it's just, man, it's just, it opens up big time, right? And so the message today, man, is going to be about loyalty and betrayal, right? And that, that's at the heart of, of God's story for, for his people. And um, in this situation, right, it was for his people Israel, but we've been grafted into that. You know, we've been grafted into to, to that covenant with those people. And so that's, that's about you too. Um, and so I just want to think, I want you to think about all the times that you messed up, right? Came back and he's been there um, to receive you, right, with open arms. And, and so think about it like this, right? We, we watch a movie and you go, you know, you, on Netflix, you know, turning through stuff. And you see a movie and it's just kind of like one of those movies where everything works out. And, you know, they're all, you know, people are attractive and. You know what I mean? Everything they say is cool and, and, and they all identify and the next thing you know, they're like in a flying car in the end taking off. That's part of Greece, right? So, um, so everything seems cool, right? But you can't, I can't identify with that, you know, because I leave with the thoughts of after seeing that movie thinking like, man, I wish my relationship was like that. You know what I mean? Or I wish my life was like that, but it's not, man. My life is crusty like, like yours, you know what I mean? We're all, you know what I'm saying? And so... Um, not really, right? We're entertained. That's about it. See, but now when we get to like a love story, right, that, that has all kinds of ups and downs, then, then we can identify now, right? Because a lot of us are from here. Like Dave said, you know, I'm actually, I was, I'm from Boyle Heights. That's where I grew up. But my sister, she lived down the street. And so I was always playing around. I was just a street kid, you know, always up to no good, doing nonsense everywhere, right? And so, you know, we're going to talk about some friendships, right? We're talk about just lack of trust and and lack of appreciation, um, now those are the things I think that, that we can relate to, right? And so real quick, like how many of you guys have been betrayed before? And don't look at your, your wife or your husband either. I don't do that. I don't want to get nobody in trouble. I, I got to stir the pot a little bit though. So, you know, but so here's the thing though. How, how many of you have betrayed? You know, a lot of those hands don't want to come up, right? And you don't even got to raise them though, but just, you know, keep it in here. God knows, right? And so... Think about it like this, man. So it's like there's a there's this girl, right? 
And she's, uh, she ain't all that attractive. She's not, you know, it's, it's what it is, you know. Yeah, she's easy on the eyes, right. But, um, you know, then, then this guy comes, right, and, you know, he has many choices, but he chooses her. You know what I'm saying? He chooses her. She, she's shot out, man. She's probably, you know, she's on drugs. She's got all kinds of issues. But this guy, he comes in, right, and he, choos- he chooses her. He's like, okay, hey, well, I want to take care of you. I want to marry you. And so, um, you know, the girl agrees. She's like, all right, cool. You know, she really doesn't know what to expect because she's been in some, some relationships and haven't been too good. You know, maybe she's been, she's been beat. You know what I'm saying? Maybe she's been put down. She's been ridiculed. Um, she hasn't been treated well. And, and, and all her choices in men have just got her from one guy to the next guy to the next guy to the next guy. And just things never seem to work out, right? And so, you know, this guy comes on, right? And he, he takes her in and cleans her up. You know, and she starts becoming desirable to other people, right? And he gives her everything, man. He takes care of her, like, to the fullest. And so then what happens, right? You know, that what, what always tends to happen after, you know, sometimes when girls get plastic surgery, you know, they want to kind of want to flaunt it a little bit. And, 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 you know, it puts a strain on the relationship, right? Just like when guys, you know, we get skinny, then, you know, we get a little head turned and we're like, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying? It, and it happens, though. It happens. That's, that's the reality that we're in, right? That, that's our world. It's, it's broken and, and we're broken. And so, so this happens in this situation, right? And so what does this girl do, right? He, he's giving her everything. He's taking her in, right, takes care of her, married her, cleaned her up, provides for her, loves her, even in all that dirtiness, right? But she goes out and cheats on him. Now, what would you guys do? You know, if anybody wants to answer that, you can. But, like, what, really, what would you do? Or if the, the script was flipped, right, same thing with guys, right? What, what, would, what would you do, ladies, if, if that happened to you, though? Kick him, exactly, right? Kick him to the curb because then you're, you're, all your comadres get in there, ah, I'm gonna la fregada, you know, and they're just like, hey, you know what I'm saying? And those are the things that happen, right? Because that's, what was that? Yeah, that too, right? You know what I mean? It's just, it's just one, of the, one of those things that that's our way. That's our way of dealing with things, though. That's, that's the world's way, right? That's not God's way, though. Right? That's not God's way. So I just want to pray right now for the word, right? And we're going to see a situation like this, and, and um, I just hope that it, that, that, it, that it gets you thinking. You know, it gets you thinking. I don't, want, I don't want you to leave here without having this in your heart, right? And so if you can, you know, stand, and um, we'll just pray. Father, we thank you for, for this day. We thank you that, that you just brought us all here together just to hear your word, God. I pray that your words are the ones that, that are taken in. Um, I pray that you're able to just... Uh, just give us, give us your heart right now. Show us uh, what you really want us to, to understand about you, about your character, about, about who you are. And uh, just take away any misconception of who we may think you are at times. But I just pray for, for this word and pray for everybody here. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now um, on scripture we're going to be in uh, Exodus 34. And we're going to read from... Um, Verse 1 through 14. And if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn that, I'll give you a minute. So then the Lord said to Moses, 
She has a lot of two stone tables like the first ones. I'll write on them the same words that were on the tablets he smashed. Be ready in the morning to climb up Mount Sinai and present yourself to me at the top of the mountain. No one else may come with you. In fact, no one is to appear anywhere on the mountain. Do not even let the flocks or herds graze near the mountain. And so Moses chiseled out two tables of stones like the first one. Early in the morning he climbed Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him. And he carried out two stone tablets in his hands. And then the Lord came down in a cloud. And he stood there with him. And he called out his own name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out, Yahweh the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish in unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity and rebellion and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generations. Moses immediately threw himself to the ground in worship and he said, O oh Lord, if it is true that I have found favor with you, then please travel with us. Yes, this is a stubborn and rebellious people, but please forgive our iniquity and our sins. Claim us as your own special possession. And the Lord replied, listen, I'm making a new covenant with you in the presence of all your people. I will perform miracles that have never been performed anywhere in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people around you will see the power of the Lord. The awesome power I will display before you. But listen carefully to everything that I command you. Then I will go ahead of you and drive out the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. Be very careful never to take a treaty, never to make a treaty with the people who live in the land where you are, where you are going. And if you do, you will follow their, if you do, you will follow their evil ways and be trapped. Instead, you must break down their pagan altars, smash their sacred pillars and cut down their Asherah poles. You must worship no other gods for the Lord whose very name is Jealous, is a God who is jealous about his relationship with you. That's heavy stuff, right? I don't know. To me, I see it, and that, that's pretty heavy. So, I mean, in this part of, of the history of God's covenant people, right, he started off with the most marginalized people. They, they, they didn't have it all, just like this girl, right? And that, that was a make-believe situation, right? But I just wanted to to get you guys thinking a little bit because that's our story as well, right? And so he didn't pick the people that, that, were, that were good, right? He picked the people that were suffering the most at the time. And he had choices, right? But that's who he chose. Um, there was all kinds of other people. All those people that he named, the Hivites, the Jebusites, all those people in that time in history were, were already, they, they were advanced. They had all kinds of development happening in, within their, their society and their community, right? But... God chose the tent dwellers, chose the Israelites, people that had nothing. He chose a slave nation. And you know the story, right, when he decided to get involved with, with, with our human mess, right, chose the Hebrews, pulled them out of Egypt, calls up a broken and insecure Moses out of all people, right, a guy with big-time insecurity. Some Bible scholars believe that he even had a speech impairment or something that, that, that you know, maybe he stuttered or maybe that he, so he needed a mouthpiece for him. You know what I'm saying? And some of us, we don't have that mouthpiece, right? And so um, God's going to be our mouthpiece. And so we, we got to submit to that, right? And so he has chosen this guy to, to, to be the tool for his deliverance of his people, right? And so he gave his heart, gave his love, his loyalty to those that were suffering. Um, 
he comes in and it, with a dramatic entrance, right? If you, if you remember, right? If you're reading that. And if you haven't, man, you got to go and read it, right? He, he, he goes, right? He, he even, he, he let the Egyptians have it big time, right? But here's the thing, though, that he even gives Pharaoh a chance to, to repent. Even a, a, a pagan guy, he gives Pharaoh the chance to repent. Like, with everything that he does, it's just like, man, I'm, I'm still giving you chances, right? And so what he does, he sends by these ten plagues. And, and see, a lot of those ten plagues, some people kind of miss it, right? But those ten plagues, the, the frogs, the boils, the lice, flies, dead cattle, um, the sores, the killing of the firstborn, all those things represent Egyptian gods, right? And that's God sharing his, showing his dominion over these gods, saying, they're not, in, I'm in control. I control this. I, I control, I control everything, the seas, the frogs, it's, it's all me, right? And that final blow was to Pharaoh, the, 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 the god that they exalted, right? They believed that he was a god. He strikes his firstborn son. Right, and he passes over everybody else. Right, and so he goes, does all these signs and wonders, miracles, right, has the Egyptians on the rope. And so see, one of my favorite miracles is the parting of the Red Sea. And, and that's because science now says, well, there's no way that there was a parting of the Red Sea. You know, science has proven that it was only three feet of water. Right, and that's a miracle to me because you got to be stupid or just bad swimmer or it's a miracle that if you drowned in three feet of water. You know what I mean? Think about it like that, right? But that, 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 I don't know, man. That's just to me, it's, it's mind-blowing, right? So the Hebrews are overjoyed, right? They're singing praises to God, like, hey, who's like our God? No one, right? They declare their loyalty, their love, their servitude, everything, right? They're doing all these things. And, and, and so, you know, you're probably wondering at the same time, well, what about their suffering, though? You know, isn't, I mean, I thought God was good, though. But you see, the suffering isn't God's fault, though. That's, that's their fault. That's humanity's fault. And, you know, sometimes, um, you know, we, we, we think about that and we're thinking that if we become believers that everything's going to be all good. But God doesn't guarantee that. He didn't say he's going he's gonna to stop everything. He didn't say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you from going through, through adversity. I'm going to keep you from going through that. He doesn't say that. He's going to be with you through it. That's what he's going to do. Because that's what's going to help you grow. How are you ever going to grow if you don't go through some tough times? You know what I'm saying? You're, if your relationship is, is kind of sour right now, I mean, it's all good. Figure it out, guys. Talk through it. You're going to grow. It'll grow. It'll happen, right? But you got to let God into that relationship, though, or else it's never going to work like that, right? And so that's what he does, though. But you see, because we, we got to take accountability for our actions at the same time. And, and um, we can't just blame everything on on God, because then when we start thinking that God is going to fulfill all these promises and all the things that are that are our wants and our needs, but that they don't align with Scripture, then that's when we become disappointed. And then we start seeing that, oh man, God is not forgiving. He's not merciful. He's not gracious. Right? We start getting angry, and then we turn away. Right? And so trip out. Oh, well, they're doing all this, right? Talking, you know, they're they're, they're saying they're going to commit to Him. They're going to we love you and all this, right? It's about 50 days later, right, their commitment to God of being loyal, they're going to be there for him, right, they're going to commit one of the worst of adulteries, right. And so for that, yeah, I mean, if you have your Bible, you can, but I'm going to turn to Exodus 32 real quick. Now I'm just going to read for you what, what they did, right, which, and then you're going to see what we're getting at, right. So when the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. 
We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt. And so Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. And then Aaron, he took the gold and he melted it down and he molded it into the shape of a calf. And when the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are our gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Aaron saw how excited the people were. And so he built an altar in front of the calf. And then he announced, tomorrow will be a festival to the Lord. And so the people got up early the next morning to sacrifice burnt offerings and peace offerings. And after this, they celebrated with feasting and drinking. And they indulged in pagan revelry. And the Lord Moses, and the Lord told Moses, quick, go down the mountain. Your people who you brought from the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. How quickly they have turned away how quickly they have turned away from the way I commanded them to live. They have melted down gold and made a calf. And they have bowed down and they sacrificed to it. They're saying, these are our gods, O Israel, who brought us out of the land of Egypt. And then the Lord said, I have seen how stubborn and rebellious these people are. Now leave me alone so my fierce anger can blaze against them. And I will destroy them. And I will make you, Moses, into a great nation. It's crazy, right? Like, man, you see these... Sometimes some of us, we don't, we don't get to see, we didn't see the parting of the Red Sea. We didn't see all these plagues. We didn't see all these things, right? We just see our life. And then, um, but we're not really paying close attention to our own lives, right? And so we miss the miracles that God's done for us. And then even when we acknowledge those miracles, I mean, I've done it many times. God, man, he's got me through all kinds. That's why I don't even like giving my testimony because I'm like, well, which one? You know, which one? Because he's given me so many. That I don't even know which one to share. And so it's like, but yet I've turned my back on them. I've been unfaithful. You know, and, 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 and some of you have too. You know what I'm saying? And so, but God's response, right, God's response is different. Okay. He's re- he was ready to wipe them all out and start over with Moses. Like that's it. That was Abraham's people over. Now it's you, Moses. I'm going to start fresh with you. I'm going to get rid of all these people. Moses is like, No. Wait up, you know, please, God, let, let, you know, I know we're stubborn, but, you know, take my name out, out of your book and, 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 and uh, you know, just forgive them. But God's like, no, I'm not going to take your name out. I'm going to deal with sin and I'm going to take their name out, the people who sinned against me. That's what I'm going to do, right? And so, now imagine being in Moses' shoes though, right? Tries to intercede. And so, I want you to see how God responds though. God responds this way, right? So God... When he comes after Moses tells him, like, please, you know, show me your glory. Show me who you are so I can just know your essence, right, your, that afterglow, that, that person of you, right. And so he doesn't come down and say, God, the powerful, the vengeful, the one who takes revenge for, for years and does this and does that, all knowing. He doesn't say that. You know, the first thing he says, right, verse 5, he says, Sorry, I got to flip the page, right. He says in verse 5, he says, the Lord came down in a cloud and he stood there with them and he called out Yahweh, right. The Lord passed in front of Moses calling out Yahweh the Lord, a God of compassion and mercy, right. Compassion, that's who he is. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of mercy. He's not giving you what you deserve. That's what mercy is, right. That's who he is, right. He's gracious, giving you what you don't deserve. You know what I'm saying? And so 
we miss that a lot of times, right? He says, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish in unfailing love for a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin. But he says, but I don't excuse the guilty, right? And we miss that part as well sometimes. But he's long-suffering, though, and he's patient. He's abounding in goodness, and he's keeping mercy. He's forgiving iniquity, right? But here's the thing, though. We got to understand that there's some things that probably may even be discouraging to you at the end, right, when he says that I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon the children and their grandchildren and their entire family is affected, even children in the third and the fourth generations. And so that, may, that probably, when you read that, it may have you thinking, right, oh, man, you know, I'm a mess up. And so my kids are going to be, can be mess ups too. And though, or it has you thinking maybe, well, my dad was an alcoholic. Well, that's why I'm an alcoholic. That's not even the case, though. You're an alcoholic because you want to be. You're a druggie because you want to be. You had choices. Because think back to what, what God said to, to Moses. He said, I'm not going to blot out your name. It's going to be their name, the ones who sinned against me. Right? And so all those, those choices are up to us, right? And so you got to think about it like this too. Remember, the, remember when this was written. Remember that these people, they lived like Mexicans do live now. We got, we got our grandma, we got our tia, we got everybody, right? And so guess what? If I come home loaded at night, isn't it going to affect everybody? Exactly, right? My sin is affecting everybody here. And so that's, we got to think about it like that. It's, 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 it's a culture thing at the same time. They lived with all their generation there. Grandparents, nephews, nieces, uncles, great-grandchildren. And so, yeah, their sins affected everybody. And so that's how God is visiting that sin as well, right? And so don't get discouraged, though. Don't get discouraged. But God does deal with sin, right? But, I mean... Guys, we, we, we got to see who he is, though. And so, we, like today, my, 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 my question for you is going to be, that, well, how are you going to respond to this, though? How are you going to respond to the fact that, that God is gracious, that God is merciful, that God has been faithful to you when you've been unfaithful? Right? It's, it's, it, it, we, have to, we have to take responsibility for that. You know, I just don't want to always preach. Like, whenever, if I ever get a chance to come up here again, I just don't want to always give... Good news, good news, good news without a little bit of bad news because without the bad news, you can't appreciate the good news. You know what I mean? And, and we, we take the good news for granted if we don't understand that, hey, God does have requirements of us. He does require for us to do certain things. He required for them to be loyal to him. He says, I'm going to be loyal to you, sharing that loyalty with me. I'm going to love you, but you're going to love me back. Be grateful for everything that I give you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I don't know. You know, so I'll, I'll um, I think I'm out of time with the worship team up here. Yeah.